everyone. I'm Rachel here with Ari, and we're your hosts for the Merry Writer Podcast. This week, we're on episode 192, and we're asking, what are the different types of novel endings? Before we dive into the topic, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening, if you haven't already. And if you enjoy the show, please share it with your friends and feel free to write a review. Now, I don't think I need to tell you that you can obviously end your novel however you want, but depending on how you end your novel, that has a name, which I discovered via Google. And as I said to Ari before we started recording, we're Googling stuff so you guys don't have to, so you're welcome. I'm just going to dive right in and say, well, I guess I should say we'll, we'll be talking about six different novel endings in this episode. There might be more. I don't know. Again, I just did a quick Google search and we'll just, we're just going to talk about them. We have very little notes, so I apologize in advance. Ending number one, the resolved ending, also known as the happily ever after. I think this one is pretty self-explanatory. Everybody knows what the happily ever after is. It's in every single Disney movie, uh, not the grim fairy tales. I almost said the grim reaper. Which I guess you could say that the Grim Reaper may or may not be a happily ever after story too. But the happily ever after basically just it's as it sounds, it's a resolved ending. Everybody is happy. Everybody's goals are met. Everybody's needs are met. There are no loose ends. It's just happily ever after. Everybody's hunky-dory pretty much. It's sunshine and rainbows. I'm going to leave the, the examples to Ari actually uh, because... She has read way more books than I have, and she watches movies all the time. So I'm going to explain the endings. I'm changing I'm changing how we're doing this episode. I'm going to explain the endings and say what they are, and then Ari, take it away. The problem with that is I don't often watch movies without me ever after. <laughs> I, I, am, I watch a lot of stuff with, like, tragedy or, like, or the things where you think, oh my god, everyone's died, and then they don't. And I can't mention them because then it ruins the ending if you don't. I don't want to spoil anything. But one thing I'm going to say about Happy Ever After, I was shocked a couple of years ago when I started seeing people mention H-E-A. This book is H-E-A. H-E-A. And I was like, what the hell is H-E-A? What is this newfangled thing I haven't heard? And when someone said, oh, it's happily ever after, it means it's got a happy ending so that people know that if they pick that book up, they're not going to be like traumatized by all the characters dying. Looking at you, George R.R. R. Martin. By the way, I haven't read all of his books. I haven't seen, I haven't even seen all the series. So I don't know if everybody dies, but it certainly feels like it go, it's going that way. But anyway, I was really surprised because I was like, do we, do we need to now state that it's a happily ever after? But apparently, yeah, people have actually avoided books if they're worried that they are going to have a tragic ending or a, you know, think, you know, something like that that might be upsetting to people, especially if you've got a slightly sensitive, um, not a sensitive personality is the right word, but I'm going to say it anyway. So you've got like a slightly sensitive personality. It can be upsetting if you're reading something and then everybody dies. So I was actually shocked that people were marking their book as happily ever after. Um, because in my eyes, you were telling everybody how it ended. There was, if you were reading a book and it was like, oh my God, oh my God, it's getting really dangerous. Is he going to die or not? Is he going to survive? And then, but you knew you were going into a happy ever after. It took away, for me, just me, it took away the, the will it, will they, won't they? Are they going to, is it going to happen? Is it all going to end badly? 
and it was just it was just a definite yeah you're all right it's all gonna end happily it's almost like a spoiler for me and i would i don't go looking for those books i don't mind reading happy ever after books but i don't look for books with hea on it because i like to know i like to like not know i want to i want to be surprised that they're together i also want to be surprised if, if you've killed everybody off but I do appreciate why people put HEA because there are people who need to know that and want to know that. So just, just, this is obviously, I've kind of segued, but I like resolved endings. I don't mind happy ever after. It's one of those things you need to know whether you want to actually market your book as happily ever after, because there are a large group of readers who actually look for that term and it is a selling point. There are also readers who see it as a spoiler. <laughs> just going to say it. Maybe it's just me. Maybe I am all alone with that, but that's my take on it. So there you go. It's not just you, because I feel the same way. I, too, think that it's a spoiler. If I'm browsing books on Amazon and at the bottom of the blurb, it says HEA ending, I'm like, well, it's, again, you just kind of took away the tension for me. There's no suspense. There's no worry. There's none of that. I'm also on Book Sirens. And I don't know if anybody else is on Book Sirens. It's it's like a book review website. When an author lists the books, you can include what type of ending it has, but it's hidden behind the spoiler tag. So it doesn't actually show you like what type of ending it is unless you click on it, which I like that because I'm always curious. I tend to click it nine times out of 10, even though I don't actually want to know, but it's there and it's a button and I click it but you do have the option to not know what type of ending it is. Yeah, that's it, it is It is a spoiler. It is a spoiler. And don't get me wrong, obviously, that's what content warnings are and trigger warnings. They tell you something that might happen. And it may be because I, I grew up without that stuff, other than on movies where it was like you and PG and, and 15 and 18 and everything. They didn't say you know it's an 18 it's going to have this specific thing in it was like if it's 18 it was definitely going to have either this 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 or this you know like violence nudity anything like that it was almost guaranteed if you watched an 18 whereas if you watched a pg there was probably maybe a little bit of like tension and possibly conflict and a little bit of threat and that was it it didn't need to spell it out again we understand why that is we've done a, a podcast about content warnings but i mean i grew up when when, and when I was younger, I read Watership Down. I read, um, what did I read? Plague Dogs. <laughs> and they're technically kids' books, I believe. I don't know. Is Watership Down a kids' book? I always thought of it as a kids' book. It was in the kids' section. If you've read Watership Down, I'm not talking about watching the cartoon, which was also very traumatic, the original. But if you've read Watership Down, it's brutal. <laughs> Might be rabbits, but it's brutal. And I didn't, I didn't feel that I needed content warnings about that but again things are changing everything changes if people need them they need them but yeah i personally find it a spoiler to say it's a hit year i'm gonna stop talking i feel like i've dominated this a bit too much sorry we definitely did talk about happily ever after is like way more than i thought we wanted probably should have saved that one for last so that the the episode is an hea i guess in a way i don't know I don't know how to segue this, so I'm just going to go ahead and say that another different type of novel ending is the unresolved ending, which is, you know, more or less the opposite of the happily ever after in a way. I mean, it can still be happily ever after, but 
The unresolved ending is also known as the cliffhanger. This type of ending is typically used at the end of book one or book two, if there's a trilogy. I personally wouldn't recommend using a cliffhanger as a ending for a standalone book because basically a cliffhanger means that there is possibly more to come. Not every reader likes that. If there are, is no more to the story, if there is no more to the characters, if the author doesn't plan on writing anything else and they're gonna just leave the readers hanging like that, that's not very nice. I personally, I don't think, I don't like that. A cliffhanger is a great tool, great type of ending to use if you're planning a sequel. But for standalones, not so much. Yeah, it's it's very much a specific literary device that makes readers pick up the next book. It's designed specifically to get you going, oh my God, what happens next? Oh, you can't leave it like that. It's why we get annoyed when you're watching a movie and then suddenly it gets right to the end and they throw a surprise cliffhanger at you. You're thinking, oh God, now I'm going to wait months for the next movie or years. It's that. So yeah, 100% Rachel's right. Do not use that on standalones. I'm sure there are some out there that have worked really well and it's just been like messing with the, the reader's mind. Like, so how did it really end? You know, did this happen or this happen? Or, you know, how did they, they you know, is something going to happen to them? And, and then you fix it yourself. It's all in your head. You get to tell the story. I, I personally say bollocks to that. I don't want to do that. I want the writer to do their job and give me either a completed ending or a cliffhanger and then follow it up with a book. And please don't wait years to follow it up with a book. I am still waiting for a third book in a trilogy and the last time I checked in 2013, I, there was a note saying, oh, it's being written. It's like 2013 and we're now in 2020. And that was, I'd been waiting longer than that. So please don't do that. It makes you really angry. <laughs> or that maybe it's just me. It makes me really angry. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. But as someone who has also been working on their novel for 10 plus years, I feel that from both a writer and a reader standpoint, actually. But see, the cliffhanger ending shouldn't be confused with the ambiguous ending, which is also known as the open-ended ending or the reader interpretation. When the book ends and there's there's pretty much a wrap-up and it's got a loose bow on it. It's almost like instead of the author ending the book with a tight, neat little bow, it's just loosely tied together so that the reader can pull the strings and open the box and they themselves can continue the story. They can take those characters and say, oh, because this is how it ended, I bet you they do this next. And you may never know, and that's okay. It's just an, it's an open-ended ending and the reader can just let their imagination run wild. And I do feel like that is often confused with the cliffhanger ending, but the cliffhanger is supposed to be the author saying, but wait, there's more. Whereas the ambiguous ending is the author saying, I'm all done, but if you want to continue the story, have fun with it. And when I say that, no, I don't mean like, you know, you publish your own version of the story with their characters. Do not do that. Do not steal copyright, whatever. Don't do that. That's what fan fiction is for, but still have a disclaimer saying that you don't own anything. Just got to throw that out there. Yes, thank you. Yeah, it's... Uh... People, people are starting to not realize that and, and 
I've seen fan fictions popping up on like Etsy and it's like, oh no, no, ouch, no, e, don't do that. Do not do that. I, I like the ambiguous ending for two reasons. As a reader, I like something that has a sensation of closure and I can then interpret and think, oh yeah, he definitely came back from his travel. He didn't die anywhere. It's like, it was just like he left and there's no sense. It's like he could have died. He could have got, it's like, no, no, he definitely came back. It's fine, 100% fine. I also like it as a writer because it it kind of leaves a bit of a breadcrumb if you feel like, you know what? Those characters are talking to me again. I might want to revisit that world. If you finish with a sliced, cut, you know, tight bow, by the way, I love that tight bow, loose bow, love it. If you, if you have a tightly wrapped bow as an ending and then you go, you know what? I'm going to slap a sinkhole on. You've got to unpick that bow and sometimes it's very messy and often you can tell that the author didn't plan it and it's really clunky when they throw in a sequel. It's like you've you've tied everything up nicely, everything's sorted and now you've kind of hacked at it to fit a sequel on. Whereas if you do an, an ambiguous ending, it leaves you open to the possibility of writing more if those characters decide to talk to you, if you get a new idea and think, you know what, I could expand this this world and go a bit further. So yeah, I really like those ones. I do too. A lot of my endings to my flash fiction were open-ended and it was always cool to see people commenting on them on my blog and saying, oh, I wonder if this happens next or I wonder if that'll happen next. And I would just be there like reading these comments being like, yeah, sure, that can happen next. Go for it. I really have no idea. I'm not planning on writing anything more on this, but it's true. As Ari said, you very well can just like open the door again and revisit that same world, those same characters, and just have fun with it. And it's great. I, I really like the ambiguous ending. I think in some cases when I'm reading a book, if there's an ambiguous ending, it can be bothersome only because if I really, really want more and knowing that that's the end and it's like oh use your imagination then i'm like no, but no i want i want to be with these characters for years and years and years and i think that's why i kind of like the epilogue which is also known as the expanded ending and everybody knows what an epilogue is so i don't think i need to explain this basically you you end the book and then there's one final chapter and it's kind of like the aftermath sometimes it takes place a years a year later other times it takes place five years later. Sometimes it could just be like the next week, but it just kind of shows that this happened to our cast of characters and this is how they are now after everything happened. And that epilogue in itself can be somewhat open-ended or it can be a happily ever after. Or it could be anything else, really. Epilogues are like prologues. It's one of those things where some people like them, some people hate them. I love prologues. I've never been the biggest fan of epilogues. I know why they're there. I, I've read several of them and they do work. But I always sat there thinking, you know what? I didn't really need it. It, it never really added anything to me. But again, that might just be me. It's kind of once the, once it's the main, the end, I'm, I'm not really as bothered about tacking on something else. Usually because I'm like, you know what? write another book <laughs> if I really enjoyed it I want you to write another book simple as that but yeah you don't find many epilogues these days I've noticed I mean most people don't do prologues because there's a whole host of people on the internet screaming don't do prologues I'm pro prologue so I, I don't listen to those people but yeah I almost never see prologues these days it seems to have been shunted out of the system so 
that's just my two pins. No, I agree. You really don't see them too often anymore. I don't necessarily mind epilogues, but I think the reason for that is because I like having the option. Depending on how a book ends, if I like the final chapter and I like how it ended and I'm satisfied with that, I may skip the epilogue. I don't need to know what happens after that. They, they're Everybody's all well and good, sunshine and rainbows, what have you. So I don't need to know what they're doing five years from now. But I also think that sometimes epilogues can be used as like an introduction to the next book. Not necessarily a sequel, but if an author writes a series of stories all set in the same world, but they don't necessarily have anything to do with each other, you could potentially utilize the epilogue as saying, you know, while all this was happening, this was happening over here and connect the two somehow. I just made that up at the top of my head. I don't know if any author or any books actually do that, but it's a thought. Just saying. Yeah, actually, I could see that. It's like, if, especially if you had like a side character, like it would be a secondary character, a strong secondary character. Yeah. And you could have them in the epilogue sort of like, you know, bidding farewell to their friend and then they head off on a journey and the second book is, or another book that's you know that's in the same world but not the same series, has them as the main character. That would definitely work. I would, I would read that. I would definitely read that epilogue. See, we just invented something new. Maybe. I really don't know. <laughs> Let us know in the comments if you know any books that actually do that. But anyway, just continuing on. The last two types of ending are obviously well-known by everybody. First, there is the unexpected ending, which is also known as the plot twist. I don't think I need to explain the plot twist too much. It's, it is how it sounds. You read, I mean, this, I feel like plot twists are mostly like in suspense and thriller type books. I know that they're used in pretty much any genre, but I feel like the main core of plot twists are often in like mystery, suspense, thriller. And it's like when you're reading through the book and you think one thing is going to happen or you think a certain character is up to no good or you think they're the culprit or whatever it is that they did. And then right at the ending, out of left field, something else happens and there's a plot twist and the big reveal. And then you realize that Everything that you've deduced throughout the entire story is completely wrong, but yet it still makes sense. But that's, of course, if the writer does the plot twist well. I always found it interesting because I think a lot of people think all books have to have plot twists, and they don't. In fact, I think most books don't have plot twists. It's this thing that we assume that books have. And you can tie yourself in knots trying to create plot twists in regular you know, like fantasy or, or, or you know, um, contemporary fiction or romance. They don't need plot twists. Rachel's right. Thrillers, mysteries, uh, horror. Horror's a good one for plot twists. They're, that makes sense. Even sci-fi can be a bit like, ooh, didn't know that was going to happen. But, yeah, contemporary romance, it's not really needed. And, I mean, a, a plot twist is a really intense literary device. And I think you shouldn't try and force it in because they can be really clunky and they they need to do something specific now let's let's use a couple of examples um i'm going to say spoilers um but i'm going to try and use movies that are if you haven't seen them that's really your own fault let's start with the obvious star wars empire strikes back the plot twist is like oh my god he's the father you know i mean if you haven't seen it you don't know what i'm talking about well again that's on you 
That was a I big haven't seen twist. it, and I know what you're talking about. Exactly. If Everyone... you don't know what that entails, then, <laughs> then you've where been under have a you rock. been living? What rock have you been living under that you don't know what I'm talking about? You know, there's. I, I, I'm going to be very careful because I'm aware that Rachel hasn't seen so many movies. I do not want to ruin any movies. Um, but yeah, there, I, I obviously I'm not saying anything. But like, there there are ones, um, the village, and Gone Girl. Have, have plot twists and everything and again those are suspense and thriller and a little bit of horror and things like that and it works and it's necessary to kind of build that tension and put you in this sort of space but I wouldn't get too obsessed with plot twists I have seen writers who write like historical fiction or you know basic fan- no, I don't want to don't want to say basic it sounds the wrong word uh, who write fantasy, who've tied themselves in knots thinking they need a plot twist to make their story interesting. You don't. You don't need a plot twist to make your story interesting. Most books don't actually have a plot twist. They have conflict and character development and the the try and fail cycle. That's all you need. You don't need this intense plot twist that's going to, you know, take your right readers off their feet and make them go oh my god i didn't see it coming and to be honest with plot twists you get a lot of people going saw it coming saw it coming and that can be just as annoying so you know so i wouldn't i would if you're thinking about plot twists because again I, I find that people tie it in it's like you say novel plot twist it's like it's not it's not a definitive thing you need so but yeah i just wanted to say that i think that's part of the problem i guess though if to use that term loosely as possible i think a lot of writers are afraid of their book being predictable so they assume that they have to throw in a plot twist to make it that much better and i'll use alice feeney the author as an example i've only read one of her books daisy darker and to be honest, when that book released in 2022, I hadn't heard of her before. So that was the first book that I read. But apparently she is super, super, super well known for her plot twists. To the point that reading reviews on some of her like recent releases, a lot of people are like, we know that when we're reading it, it's nothing, it's not nothing is true because we know the plot twist is coming. So in a way, it becomes predictable by trying not to be predictable. And I do remember that when I read Daisy Darker, I really enjoyed it. It was a really quick read for me. I read it in one day. It spooked me. It freaked me out. It was fabulous. But when I got to the ending and I got to that plot twist, I won't say anything about it, but it did feel like it was out of left field. And I still had questions because I was like, I could see this working if I knew the answer to this, this, this. You know, so you you got to be careful with plot twists. But finally, our last type of novel ending that we're going to talk about in this podcast episode, again, there might be more, who knows, is the tied ending. And that's when it's full circle. That's, that's another self-explanatory one. That's when the author knows the ending. They have no loose ends. They answered all the questions. The characters may or may not be happy. The characters may or may not be alive. The world may be crumbled to bits, but there are no loose ends and everything just comes full circle. Yeah, it's like that. It's like the resolved ending, but where the resolved is very specifically, it's resolved with a happy ever after. The tired ending is it's resolved, but everybody could be dead. 
but at least everybody is dead. You know, it's like there's there's no worry anymore. We know where everything is. Um, yeah. And I think that's how most standalones should be. You tie up everything. You know where every character's been and where they should be going. You've not lost track of some character that drifted off and we forgot they had a subplot. You know, you got to keep an eye on those wandering characters that sort of drift out and then you're like, where did he go? Lost him in chapter 18 and we've not seen him again. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I think that's a, that's, that's a usual one for standalone, I think. Um, and obviously I'd like to think if you have a limited um, series, like a closed series where you, you know, you start on book one and you have however many books and then it ends. Not of the, none of these open ended series that go on forever and ever. I get that should be a tied ending. I think they're harder because if you've got a story arc with lots of subplots across several books, it can be hard to keep track of all those little threads. Um but yeah, I'm sure people will point out if you haven't kept control of those little threads and you've missed something. But yeah, so I think that's where most people try and end up, isn't it? The the tiered, uh, the tied ending at the end of a series or a standalone. Or maybe I, I maybe we're not we're wrong and, and that's not what they do. And everyone just wants to have it, you know, cliffhangered all over the place. You never know. You don't know. I feel like a lot of times you come up with a novel ending without realizing what type of ending it's going to be until you write the ending. Basically, there's a lot of options, and I know we say this all the time in every podcast episode, but do whatever is best for your novel. Whatever end type of ending you think it needs, that's probably the right choice. And just be careful with your plot twists. Write an epilogue if you feel like it needs an epilogue, but don't be butthurt if readers skip over it. And uh, yeah, just, I think, I find, I think endings are difficult for a lot of writers, especially if we don't want our stories to end. I know I have that issue. That's why they all turn into series. Uh, so keep that in mind when you end your books. Don't let it drag on. All right. Well, with that lovely piece of advice, we're going to turn it over to you guys. Do you guys have a favorite type of novel ending or is there a specific novel ending that you typically use for your books? Let us know your answers in the comments so we can chat. Remember, we release a new episode every Wednesday, and next week we're discussing building a horror universe with a special guest. So to ensure you don't miss it, don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your way out. As always, thanks for listening to the Merry Writer Podcast. We'll see you next week. This podcast is brought to you by Stuffed Bookshelves. Our TBR pals are huge. The music titled Inspired is by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons 4.0.